0: Hello there.
1: Hey, here we are.
0: Congratulations. We're on anchor.
1: We are. And this is the very first podcast of uh, the territory, Boundless Possible, or just Boundless Possible. Yep. And Maybe uh, we could
0: start the first episode of you telling me what the hell that means, Leon.
1: Boundless Possible. Uh, Well, um, so the territory government... uh, last year sometime, I'm thinking, it was around about the dry season, I remember that, um, released, uh, well, you know, was a bit concerned about the image of the Northern Territory. Um, There's a whole bunch of, uh, uh, you know, um, bad publicity, uh, people just associating the Northern Territory with crocodiles and um, just unsavoury characters. <laughs> um, <and so, laughs> uh, those that, uh, with multiple warrants after them that's right that's right so um so uh, yes they came up with this podcast uh, podcast they came up with this uh branding strategy um which was in itself a bit of a, a public relations disaster because they engaged <laughs> a, a, a southern
0: firm because they may or may not have come up with it
1: <laughs> uh, well they engaged a the southern firm to come up with the uh, with the whole concept uh, of boundless possible so when it was when it was mm. released um, i think it was you and and peter kafkas that uh, identified that in fact um, it, it, it may have had some, some remarkable similarity to something <laughs> that Dubai had created. Is that right?
0: Yeah, I think that's a very kind way of putting it.
1: Right. So uh, anyway, look, my first impression of it was, hang on a second, boundless possible. Uh, that doesn't sound right from an English perspective. Um, mm. But, uh, you know, my feeling, Peter, was, you know, the government's trying to do something. You know, it's trying to make this place better. It may not be going about it in the, in the best way or, or the way that most people agree with, but at the end of the day, they're in there giving it a crack. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to get on board with this. Uh, and I have been hashtagging Boundless Possible on all social media that I do for our firm uh, since that time. Um, Ever since,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, and I'm
0: um, going to take my hat off to you for that because... I was definitely on the wrong side of the fence um, when I found out for several reasons, uh, and, and you mentioned some of them, one, one being the fact that the remarkable similarities between uh, uh, the Territories' uh, new exercise and one that had happened in Dubai uh, was just too extraordinarily similar for my liking. However, I did comment to you at the time and, and I have um, reiterated that comment to you several times and i probably even said it to some other people, A- and that is that good on you for getting on board and good on you for sticking with it. Um, and, and good on them for not crumbling, which they could have easily done, and uh, either scrapping it or redoing it or what have you. They, they did stick with it, and you're right. From an English point of view, it doesn't make sense, but I'm, I'm actually quite happy with it overall given that there are some people who've embraced it of, of decent stature in the territory.
1: Yeah, yeah. So look, um, there's no question that territory is going through a bit of a tough period. Um, has been, uh, from my perspective at least, looking at, uh, at, at the businesses in the Northern Territory, uh, and when I say Northern Territory, I probably mean more Darwin than Alice Springs. Um, the yeah. Spring seems to be its own economy and it seems to be chugging along quite well. But Darwin has been going through some pretty tough times, probably for the last three years. Um, yeah. My gut feel uh, is that I think we're, we're sort of coming off the bottom of that. But I don't think uh, we'll actually see um, the fruits of that until probably, you know, another six to 12 months, I suspect. Yeah. I could be mm. wrong though, you know. I'm not. I'm, yeah, <laughs>
0: it could be wrong. No crystal ball.
1: No, no, no. And, and, and if an if an economist ever tells you that uh, you know this is going to happen, you can pretty much guarantee the opposite is going to happen. So
0: yeah, yeah, that's true. I remember when the GFC first occurred overseas. I, I was living in Dubai at the time, and uh, particularly in Europe and and the US and um, it was just fascinating to watch. Uh, I, I was watching a lot of CNN at the time because when I'm overseas, I tend to watch them just just to find out what's happening in the world. And uh, I remember this American bloke standing at the uh, New York Stock Exchange and I'll, I'll do a terrible American accent. You've probably heard me do this on other podcasts previously. But this, this bloke who sort of, he doesn't overblow everything, but he, he's, he can be quite dramatic. But he said something along the lines of, We're down 777 points. We are in free fall. We have no idea how low this is going to go. And I just remember seeing there thinking, this is really unprecedented in terms of what's happening. And you know, usually if you watch those guys, those economists, they can always say, Oh, well, look, you know, within a band, this is what's going to happen. But they genuinely had no idea. And the market went down another 400 points the following day. And I, mem- I remember also thinking at the time, geez, if only I had some cash right now, there were some bargains to be bought. Because just look look at the Australian economy. All four banks halved in value overnight on the stock exchange. But all of them were profitable businesses the next day. It wasn't as though their profitability had gone out the window. But um, people in mass panic... As, as a friend of mine in radio once said when we were waiting for the survey results to come in, uh, I was known as PG at this particular station. He said, PG, nervous people do nervous things. And uh, I've lived by that ever since, and it, it rings true pretty much always.
1: Hmm. So, look, I was thinking, Pete, um, you know, for the benefit of the audience, you might want to, uh, or we should uh, perhaps, tell them who we are. Um,
0: so what do you <laughs> Well, um, yeah, so that's actually a very good point you raised there, Leo. Um, I am Peter Gowers, and my background is, uh, like most people's, I think, quite diverse. I've been in the entertainment industry for 30 years, spent a decade in commercial radio, I've been in real estate for a long time, and uh, more recently I've been involved in the digital marketing sphere, helping local businesses to uh, create websites, get their websites ranked and just help them to get found online, um, you know, in the traditional sort of digital space with websites and social media. And then uh, in recent times, thanks to Peter Kafkas, we started a podcast in Darwin called Two Peas in a Pod, which Leon came up with the name for. And uh, I think that brings you pretty much up to date, doesn't it?
1: Okay. Um, And did you mention in that uh, spiel uh, your connection with Darwin?
0: Yeah, so I I spent 15 years in Darwin. Uh, Originally, I was the program director for the two commercial radio stations there. And uh, after about three years, I decided that it was time to grow up and stop chasing the latest top 40 songs. So I then moved into real estate. I was the um, sales manager at First National in Fanny Bay for about five years and then I moved back to Dubai to run a real estate and property development company and when the GFC completely obliterated the real estate market in Dubai uh, my wife and I moved back to Darwin because she was pregnant with twins at the time so um, we then did another oh, seven or seven or so year and just Recently have family down south to, to be closer to family, but obviously through business and so forth, I, I still have clients in Darwin and spend so, time so there as much as are I possibly you in can. in uh,
1: Melbourne?
0: Well, I'm in Victoria, so not in Melbourne itself, about, a, about 100 kilometres or so north of Melbourne. So if you know the, the Hume Highway, which is the main highway between Melbourne and Sydney, we're about 100 kilometres up from there, near a little town called Seymour, which people tend to know Seymour or Yaroa, you might know. Um, and if you don't know either of those, we're about 40 minutes from Shepparton, which is which is a pretty well-known okay. country town in Victoria.
1: All right. Well, I'll go next. Uh, I am um, yes. a partner at uh, a law firm in Darwin called Ward Colour. Um, it's one of the, well, it is now the biggest law firm in the Northern Territory. It's also the oldest law firm. It can trace its history back to about 1911, which is quite remarkable given that that's about how old the Northern Territory actually is. Um, um, (laughs) But in terms of the name Ward Keller, we've been around since 1963 when uh, Dick Ward and uh, Richard Keller got together to form a partnership. And uh, that name has almost uh, stuck uh, for that entire period. Uh, so that's my day job. Um, I came to Darwin in 1990, almost 30 years ago. I can't believe it's been that long um, to, to study law. I came up from Western Australia, where I would uh, had finished a degree in economics, and that was at the end of 1989. And I don't know if anyone uh, was around uh, at that time, but uh, 1989 in, in Western it was it was a terrible a terrible time in Western Australia. Um, Alan Bond had done his uh, done a number on the on the state, and um, and so uh, so there were basically no jobs. Uh, in fact, th- th- my colleagues, my, my my friends at university who had also done uh, degrees in economics were were delivering pizzas. So I kind of yeah. So I kind of knew. Oh, wow. that, uh, this is probably not um, not the place to be right now. And a friend of mine who was working at the university, um, uh, and he was from Perth originally. He was incidentally a Vietnamese refugee, and and just uh, for, just uh, for some you know, for a random comment, uh, a bit of trivia, he's now, um, would you believe, Pete? He's now uh, a uh, a priest <laughs> in the Vatican. <laughs> Oh Wow, Wow, that exactly there's someone right. on the podcast. So, uh, so he, he was up in, uh, in Darwin studying law, and he said, why don't you come up to Darwin and study law? And I thought, well, I've got nothing else to do. So I yeah. asked my best friend, um, Elliot, um, one of these days, we might try and get him on the podcast. He's currently uh, living and working in Nepal. Um, uh, he, is a, he is a smart oh. cookie. He was the, our wow. school captain, ducks of our school, and he was doing an engineering degree. And I convinced him to um, to take a year off, and and come up to Darwin and study law with me. So um, we we both uh, hopped in Check. hopped in my Toyota Corolla, and uh, and drove up. Uh, <laughs> we did four thousand kilometre journey in in three days, which is uh, nothing short of madness. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, uh, we spent one night uh, in accommodation in Broome. Uh, And this third night or the second night, we actually tried to sleep um, on the side of the road. Um, And what I distinctly remember from that experience was how ridiculously loud it was in the middle of the night with all the insects. let alone, let alone oh, you know, wow. the, the, the venomous snakes and, and everything else that uh, we know and love up in the up in the uh, the, the tropics here. Um, or oh, the yeah, fellow from yeah, Wolf Creek. Yeah. window. So we got up to Darwin um, in in nineteen ninety in January, uh, and uh, the 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 car was running so hot. I remember I was pouring concentrated um, radiator coolant into the into the radiators to keep the car cool or the engine cool and by the time we got to darwin the the car was actually operating on three cylinders so um i spent my first easter break i remember uh replacing the engine of the car and being a student we didn't have a lot of money so um (laughs) um, a a mate of a mate of a mate uh saying hey uh, i can fix this for you Uh, you just have to buy the engine and buy me a, a slab of beer so I bought the engine, bought the engine from um, <laughs> Japanese Automat. I don't even know if they're still around.
0: I've <laughs> just closed. And, uh, the I last remember
1: year. while everyone else at the university uh, college where I was staying at Miley Point, while everyone else was off having a great time enjoying the long Easter break, I was in the backyard of this random mechanic. Um, and I remember the engine hanging from his mango tree while he tried to put it back in. <laughs> that Needless to say, it didn't work. Um, and then I had to pay for the services right. of the tow truck to take the car and the engine to Japanese Automart for them to actually install it. So, lesson there somewhere.
0: Yes. The beer no, economy is not no. always successful. But it was,
1: you know it sort of gives you a bit of a flavour for what Darwin was like back then. And, you know...
0: Absolutely, and even though it didn't work, a great yes, memory.
1: Yes, very memories of that time of university days up here. I can tell you that uh, the, the day I arrived in Darwin, yep. I remember driving up the Esplanade and seeing a coconut tree, and I turned to Elliot and I said to him, "I'm home." And the reason why I said that, the reason why I said oh, that wow. was um, I was born in Malaysia. So I knew what the tropics were like and uh, I, I knew mm-hmm. what coconut trees looked like. And there's certainly no coconut trees uh, in Perth. Mm. So um, I kind of felt like I'd, I I, hadn't left Australia, but I had the best of Malaysia up here. Mm. So, um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, I remember... When I first arrived, I got picked up from the airport by a friend who'd who'd lived in Darwin for a year or two before we arrived. And I just remember that drive from the airport and seeing all the palm trees and the green grass and you know, just the fertile shrubbery. And uh, we arrived in in April, so it would have been, you know, sort of out just just coming out of the the summer periods down south and just thinking, wow, it's, it's so lush and so tropical and, and, and actually similar to Dubai in some ways, although all, all those trees and, and grass are all obviously put there by man. Um, but just that sort of similar um, warm climate feel, I didn't associate with the tropics at, at that stage, but just that sort of anywhere that has a warm climate tends to have those tall, thin... Um, palm trees and, and obviously all the, the other stuff that goes with it, like the palm trees that you mentioned. So it's, yeah, interesting. Yeah. First impressions so Pete, are important.
1: I want to, I want to, uh, to use the, the last part, I guess, of the, the, this, this last half of this uh, first podcast to talk to you, uh, well, to get your thoughts, mm-hmm. I guess, on um, on our recent trip to Singapore um, and maybe give the listeners a little mm-hmm. background about what happened there and, and what we got up to.
0: Yeah, sure, and, and I guess um, just just to add a little bit to your profile just really quickly because, as you said, you're a partner at Ward Keller, but you're also the, um, the vice chairman, I think the title is, uh, for LAW or, or Lawyers Associated Worldwide. So could you just give us a, a brief intro into that and then I'll, I'll sure. s- uh, sort of refer back so, to your um, question.
1: Around about 2007, um, we got a... Well, I got a tap on the shoulder by one of the then partners here, John um, Stewart, and he said, listen, Leon, I've got an email from a guy that I apparently knew from young in New South Wales, Uh, and uh, he's talking about this organization called Lawyers Associated Worldwide. Uh, He thinks we should join it. I don't know anything about it. You're the marketing partner. Why don't you look into it? So um, I said, okay. Um, oh, wow. And I contacted uh, the lawyer uh, who was, who is a partner with the law, law firm Queensland Law Group in Queensland, in Brisbane. Uh, his name is Stephen Johnson. And I said, look, uh, what's this all about? And he said, yeah, look, it's an organization with about 100 law firms, give or take. And uh, we don't have um, a, a law firm in the Northern Territory. So we thought um, you might be interested and if you're not, that's okay. We'll we'll give we'll any work we have in the Northern Territory to you. And I thought, oh, okay. Uh, huh? So I said, look, how do I find out more about this? And he said, well, look, we've got a, a regional meeting coming up in Cairns in May, or May or June, somewhere around there, uh, of two thousand and seven. Um, and you know, why don't you come along? And you know, you can check it out and talk talk to the um, other members and see what you think. So I looked at the calendar and it was very, very unfortunate because the regional meeting was being held at the very same time as our uh, annual partners retreat for Ward Keller. So the partners at Ward Keller go away once a year to sit down and look at the business and plan for the following 12 months. So there was no way I could go. So I went back to Peter and I went back to Steve and said, mate, I can't do this. Um, when's the next meeting? And he said, oh, well, the next meeting is the AGM, the annual general meeting, where the law firms from all around the world uh, get together once a year. And this year, it's going to be held in Lucerne in Switzerland. (laughs) And I thought, oh, cool. Um, That sounds uh, interesting. Uh, So I went to the uh, partners' meeting, uh, the retreat, uh, which I think we held it in Springs that year. Um, And I said to the partners, Right. So you've asked me to um, have a look at this organization. Um, I I still, I'm still trying to get my head around it, but um, you know, we were invited to go as an observer to the meeting in Cairns, but can't do that obviously because it's being held at the same time as our meeting. However, the next meeting is in Lucerne in Switzerland. And I kid you not, Pete, it, that the room broke out in raucous laughter. And every <laughs> all the other partners <laughs> put their hands up and said, I'm going. <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> and you went, I
1: said, look, um, look, I have a sister in London. I haven't seen her for a while. I was planning on going and visiting her. Um, so I'm happy to pay to just go and have a look at this thing. I mean, it's not going to cost you any money. You know, let me just, let me just tag tag it on. And partner said, no, 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 it's okay. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll um, uh, pay for it. But I said, no, no, I'll, well, I'll go to, to, London and, um, I'll tack on this thing on the end and, and have a look at it. So I went there, uh, to Lucerne in October of 2007 and, uh, I remember, Pete, I remember uh, getting uh, in a taxi and going up to the hotel. It was the Palace Luzerne, for anyone that's ever been to Luzerne. It just was magnificent. Uh, I I remember walking into my Mm. room and I called my wife up uh, from my room because I had views over Lake Luzerne. And... uh, I rang her up and I said look i've arrived safely and while i was talking to her i noticed there were some chocolates on the bed so i p- picked up one of the chocolates and put it in my <laughs> mouth and i said oh my god this is delicious <laughs> and uh yeah so she um wasn't impressed i can tell you right now um and I don't think she's missed a meeting <laughs> since. Actually, she might have missed one. She's come along with me for all the others, all the other AGMs. Um, and, yeah, so I, I went uh, I went downstairs uh, for the first, um, the, the, the gala dinner. Oh, actually, it wasn't the gala, it's the opening dinner, sorry. And um, I remember Peter walking through the doors uh, of the reception, and I felt like I was on the set of a James Bond movie, like, you know, Casino Royale. And I looked around the yeah. room and I thought I had entered the United Nations. It was, wow. you know, they talk about love at first sight. Yeah. I can tell you, I was gone, line and sinker. I didn't know what that was, what they did, wow. or anything. I just knew yeah. I was in. Yeah. And I haven't looked back.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it uh, it's it's pretty prestigious to have the host of the Daily Show invite you to join a group like that in the first place, and then obviously you've you've seen the world that they live in, and as you said, you <laughs> want to be a part of it. The host of the day. i, I you're
1: know, cracking a joke there, but it's going
0: in yeah. my head. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the host of the Daily Show's yeah, is. name is John Stewart, right? Or it used to oh, be. Oh
1: yes, of course, of course. Yeah, of course, wasn't
0: that
1: your
0: partner? Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's there's times with comedy where you feel like um you've just left the window yeah. of opportunity. We left it about ten minutes ago, but I didn't want to interrupt <laughs> the story because it was so good. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so I guess that that. That gives some insight in into the group, and you know, as the name suggests, it's lawyers associated worldwide. So, um, tell tell us a bit about that. W- w- what um, allows a member to so qualify to be like in this a group?
1: medium-sized law firm uh, with reasonable connections into uh, into other jurisdictions, in the sense that you know you've got clients that uh, you know have needs in 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 other parts of the country or other parts of the world. Uh, and but, but obviously as a medium-sized law firm that operates only in your own jurisdiction, uh, and for us it's in the Northern Territory, um, you, know, you don't have connections to um, other firms or other, other parts of the world. So this gives you those connections, this association gives you those connections. And the way those connections are, um, are, uh, are enhanced uh, is that we meet twice a year. Uh, once uh, in uh, the region, and we belong to the Asia Pacific region, so it includes all the countries in South uh, South and North Asia, uh, and of course Australia and New Zealand. And then that we meet again um, in October, September, October each year, uh, in anywhere around the world um, with all the other members. So from all the other two regions being the Americas, uh, meaning North and South America, and the Europe. Uh, um, Um, Africa and the Middle East. So, um, yeah, each year we get to to catch up, go through things. I mean, you were obviously invited uh, to uh, give a talk at the most recent regional meeting in Singapore, Pete. um, But you're not a lawyer. So how did you get the invitation?
0: Yeah, well, um, I guess it it dates back to... um, Uh, my first meeting of you and being introduced to you through uh, Peter Kafkas at iProperty NT there in Darwin. And um, one of the sort of things that first caught my attention about you, Leon, was that, you know, most people aren't particularly inquisitive in life. And I I remember it quite distinctly because you sort of looked at me and you said, okay, so you're working with Peter. What else do you do? What other skills do you have? Which I thought was a really interesting question. And we talked a little bit about that, and one of the things that I've sort of honed over over the last probably five or ten years, but certainly very much in the last three or four years, is is um, my digital marketing skills and capacity of of helping myself through little businesses I've been involved with, but also um, through my clients at Census um, to help them to build a website if they need a website, or to help them rank a website and get found when when potential clients are searching for them in Google or Bing or, or one of the search engines. So, um, but last year I started doing some work for Ward Keller and helping them with their SEO, um, ranking their website and um, you know various other things related to that. And um, and you know through our conversations, it, it had come up a few times that that you thought it it might be prudent. Um, to impart some of that knowledge with, with the other members who are probably going through similar struggles to, to what Ward Keller were um, prior to uh, us originally meeting. So um, I was invited um, through the group to um, uh, present on uh, organic ranking of websites versus paid advertising um on, on platforms like Google and Bing. So I guess it was to talk about SEO and and help the, the members to understand that there's a lot of things they can do um, to help their website show up in the search engines. It's not just a mysterious black hat world, although, you know, it's often presented that way. And p- people in, in the digital marketing industry like people to think that because I guess it makes them more valuable. Um, but what I got out of it, one of the sort of very quick takeaways was that although, you know, lawyers and solicitors are, are generally smart people, um, like most industries, they're, they're smart at what they know. And, you know, an expression I've used over the years a lot is people don't know what they don't know. And it's it's pretty evident that the digital marketing space is, is still very unclear to a lot of small and medium business sized owners and uh, it's no different in the legal fraternity so i mean you you and your members can tell me or or give me the feedback i'm sure of of the overall appeal but i felt like people really gained a lot of value from it and they gained understanding and certainly the feedback over the weekend was was um you know a, a number of people telling me that and i work very much on the theory that People don't tell you things if they don't genuinely believe it. No one needs to sugarcoat things in this day and age. So, you know, I probably had, I think there was around 30 law firms represented. You you can correct me if that's wrong, but I probably would have had a dozen of those come up directly at different stages and say, look, really appreciate what what you've presented. And I feel like I understand it now better than I have before.
1: I agree with everything that you said there. And, you know, from my perspective, I I particularly agree with what you say about uh, the fact that lawyers know the law and um they they don't generally uh, know what what search engine optimization uh, is or what they should be doing to to improve that in a professional sense so um I think uh mm. it's quite evident that what you do for us what you have done for us to date in terms of improving our organic ranking and keeping us up there and showing me in particular how to um, keep us there and what we need to be doing and tinkering around the edges and uh, with our website and other things uh, has worked. Uh, and so it's it's very easy mm. to um, promote you, Pete, when you know I can say, well, hey, this is what's worked for us. Um, and that's that's what we know. So, look, I, I, the other thing, too, is lawyers, you know, yeah. as a general rule, uh, don't have a lot of uh, time for um, salesmanship and, and all the rest of it. So, you know, they're going to ask you how you I mean you had a tough audience there and uh, they're going to ask you things. They're going to put you on the spot and I think you handle yourself very well. So good work.
0: Yeah, thank you. I, I think what I've learned in the last couple of years, and I guess, um, you know, being in business, you're constantly trying to uh, promote yourself or promote your business. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll genuinely make uh, offers to people, which I did at that conference, but I'll do it, you know, just in life. Um, if someone needs a hand with something or if they want some information, I'm, I'm happy to give that quite freely. You know, it's not, it's, it's no skin off my nose to, to, um, you know, help people out with, with, with some knowledge that's going to help them um, you know, to better understand that. What, what I've since learned um, about the legal fraternity, um, it's similar in um, accounting or commerce type businesses as well, is that there's often small or large teams of people employed uh, to do uh, some of the things at least maybe not all of them of of what a digital marketer does as well so I'm, I'm referring primarily there to to marketing departments and I guess you've got to be a little bit careful with with the line that you tread because you know I'd hate to think that some of these firms are employing somewhere between one and five people uh, to to do things that is what A digital marketer does anyway and you don't want to sort of do people out of a job but at the same time you know I've had conversations in the past with my accountant in particular who said oh yeah yeah look uh, all, all of our marketing's done out of Adelaide and you know we've got a team of a marketing department and I had to be a bit careful how to tread that line but my response was yes but your website doesn't rank on page one in any of your search you know keyword terms so they might, you might have a great font, you might have a great letterhead, and you might have world-leading business cards, but they don't bring business in the door. When people are searching for you, they've right. got I'll, to I be love able find quote you.
1: That you put up there, and when you did the talk, uh, you know, where do you hide a body? <laughs> On page two of a Google search. <laughs> yeah,
0: correct. yeah, correct. And I mean, that's a bit of an, in- not an in-joke. It's a bit of a digital marketing joke, but. Um, I like it for two reasons, because if you don't show the answer and you just ask the question, people go quite literal on you. But then as you show the answer, you go, oh, hang on, he's a digital marketer. Of course, that's funny. But with 95% of, of people who search in surveys saying they don't bother to go to page two, it literally is a great place to hide things because the chances of it ever being found are next to none.
1: Well, on that note, mate, I think um, we'll, so. we'll pull the pin on this uh, first podcast and um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, there's so much more content uh, that we've got coming, um, ideas of, of who to interview. Um, I can I can tell you that, uh, well, I did tell you before we started this podcast that I've reached out to the Chief Minister, no less, to try and see if we can get him on on this podcast. Yep. It's going to be very interesting because uh, <laughs> when he finds out that we've used the um, the boundless possible um, uh, logo. Um, I'm not sure whether um, uh, whether that'll cause uh, angst or not. But hey, I I, I took him at at face <laughs> value when he said we it's it's our logo. So you know we're going to just go hard.
0: Yeah. <laughs> We didn't steal it. We were encouraged to use it. Well, not 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 personally, but generically encouraged to use it. So, I like it. And, and yeah, look as you say. I mean, this is basically a bit of a tester for us. So if this makes it to the light of day, I hope you've enjoyed the pilot episode. But um, there's a lot planned for the future. And as you've just heard, there's a there's an international talent bank that we can that we can um, certainly choose from. But having, you know, you've been there for 30 years and I, I've spent 15 years in the Territory, you get pretty passionate about your little hometown. And um, I'll just leave you the, with this little story because uh, my my eight-year-old son, my eldest son, he started footy training uh, a week ago. And um, uh, he went off to his first training session and he's wearing his his NT Thunder singlet, which he'd got from one of the various Oz kicks that he'd done um uh you know in, in Darwin over the last couple of years and some kid that he knew from school and yeah most of his schoolmates are there, but some kid that he knew from school spotted his t shirt and came over and said, Oh mate, Northern Territory, Northern Territory sucks. And uh, another kid came over, a, a bigger one came over and he said to him, No it doesn't, mate. They they produce great footballers and they produce a lot more than and uh, people give him credit for and apparently he tripped over this other kid all in good fun there's no bullying or anything like that going on but everybody had a laugh and and my son told me that when he got back into the car because i said oh did anybody notice your t-shirt and he told me that little story and i just thought you know 20 years ago they probably would have all sat there and said yeah the northern territory sucks but the nt produces uh, you know punches above its weight and has a lot to offer so we're hoping to um bring a lot of those stories and and successes and just general stories about people that that come from the NT and beyond. Thank you
1: for that, Pete. Good on you. And uh, we'll catch up again next week.
0: Thanks, Leon. And just remember, as you put your head down on your pillow tonight to go to sleep, there really is boundless possible.